This episode is sponsored by Vision Trust. Vision Trust is an organization that provides essential support in the areas of health, education, and spiritual development to children and adolescents living in poverty around the world. Vision Trust is brimming with female role models who are investing in the next generation of women. Their love is defiant. It stands strong against all odds, and yours can too. Join us in raising up confident young women that embrace their God-given talents to create a better future for us all. Learn more at visiontrust.org forward. This episode is sponsored by Patricia Asp of Aspire. Does your company culture have what it takes to last? After the upheaval of the pandemic, many companies and organizations are struggling to adapt to new regulations, new workflows, and new workplace culture. After witnessing the dramatic weakening in the core values of great companies during mergers, acquisitions, and rapid growth, Patricia Asp, a forward board member and principal, launched Aspire, an organization founded to preserve the goodness in companies by hardwiring culture for sustainability. If you're interested in conducting a culture sustainability assessment, go to patriciaasp.com slash contact dash us. Make 2023 the year your company soars. Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. In our last episode, you met Molly Fletcher, entrepreneur and host of the podcast, Game Changers with Molly Fletcher. Molly shared how she embraces learning in her own life and career and reassured all of us that asking questions and being curious is a sign of confidence, not weakness. In this episode, Molly and I discuss how to overcome obstacles like fear that may be keeping you from stepping out of your comfort zone to take advantage of a learning opportunity. Molly also shares how she encourages learning within her own team and how together they prioritize developing as individuals and as a company. Let's jump back into our conversation with Molly. So obstacles are inevitable when you're learning. So running parallel to what we were talking about previously, you know, embracing a love for learning, I feel like strengthening your your resilience muscles might also be called for, right? Absolutely. I mean, resilience, um, I'm releasing a book in August of 2024, um, and resilience is a, is a, is a key ingredient in my opinion for peak performance. And, you know, what, what I saw with great athletes and, and in my own life as an athlete, certainly not even close to the level of the people that I work represented, but, but resilience is, in my view, not just about going back to the waterline, if you will, not just recovering back to where you were, but higher than that. Right. And so what does that mean? I mean, you know, athletes, they're going to have tough games. They're going to have bad games. They're going to miss shots. You know, golfers are going to miss putts they should make. Broadcasters are going to say something maybe that they shouldn't. Um, Coaches make bad calls. I mean, these things happen. And what matters is our ability to flip that switch quickly and recover really, really fast. And that sort of throws the ball back at some level to mindset that we talked about, Jordan, relative to when we want to recover, we've got to shift the messaging and the self-talk to help us do that. And we've got to recognize that recovery and recovering fast 
is imperative to it not becoming what I used to call with my athletes, right? And we all know the word slump. So I, I needed to be incredibly intentional about supporting our guys with that. But but resilience is imperative. And 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 the thing that is interesting, Jordan, is as an agent, what's you know people at work, what we we might jam up a meeting, um, we might lose a sale. But in sports, if you do that and you're doing it on a public stage, by the way, so you're often getting just creamed for it. But if you do that and do that too often, you lose your job. So the importance of resilience in sports is remarkably imperative. And and it is in business as well. The differences in sports, there's a guy or a gal right behind you that's seeing you do what you're doing that can't wait, that can't wait to take your job. Yeah. That's being primed to take Mm -hmm. your job. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So resilience, is there a right or a wrong way to be resilient? Because I I kind of almost wonder if in times where we try to be resilient, we try maybe too hard and maybe we get a little bit egotistical or jaded maybe. I don't know. What Mm -hmm. do you think? Well, I think a couple, I mean, that's a great question. You know, what's interesting to me about your question is I think one of the things that's important is to look at the role you play in, in this moment that you're finding yourself in. In other words, in moments of resilience, when resilience is needed, it, it is very easy to consider all the reasons why you shouldn't be there, why it was somebody else's fault, why, why it's not fair, all these things that we can funnel into our mindset and point the finger. And I think in, in moments of a need for resilience, we got to own that moment yeah. and we got to own it. And it's mm-hmm. our life and it's our moment and it's up to us to make the shift. So to me, avoiding blaming and complaining inside of those moments is important. I think the other thing that matters is to recognize the people in your life who can help you, right? I mean, we, we need other people in our life, particularly when we have really big things to recover from. Yeah. I am, uh, you know, very blessed with an amazing husband, incredible parents, brothers, children, family, friends, business partners, people that I work with who I admire deeply. And um, they help me. And I hope I do the same for them when something's not clipping just like you want it to and you need to recover. So we need to have the courage to ask for help, Mm -hmm. to not try to solve these moments by ourselves. And I saw great athletes do that, right? I mean, if they're struggling at the plate, they get there early and ask the hitting coach to spend a little bit of time with them. You know, if a, if a player's struggling with their free throws, they get there early and they get to work and they try to have somebody maybe lean into them to help them. I, you know, I love it when uh, one of one of my employees who is a rock for me, has been beside me for 12 years, you know, when she's at the back of the room during a keynote, sometimes she'll give me tough feedback. And I love that. And so I, that, I welcome that. So leaning into relationships when we find ourselves with an opportunity to level up is huge. Yeah. What is the biggest learning obstacle that you faced? And are you glad that you did? The biggest learning obstacle that I faced, I, I would say um, – Probably it, it was the business acumen of 
baseball and golf when I was starting to represent players. I mean, I, I didn't go to a Tigers game in my life growing up in Michigan. My parents weren't interested in baseball. We didn't go to Michigan State baseball games. I grew up two minutes from Michigan State's campus. Uh, so learning the game and the nuances that, uh, you know, position players call them gloves and catchers call them mitts. And, you know, you're roping the ball, you're going deep, um, cupped and uncupped handles and, and, and with a, with a bat. And, and, and I mean, just all the lingo that uh, is, it, it's, a, it's practically an entirely different language. Yeah. <laughs> so learning all of that and doing it quickly, mm-hmm. not in the spirit of trying to be somebody that I wasn't, not in the spirit of trying to pretend like I did what any of these guys did, but more in the spirit of driving connection and mm-hmm. making sure that I spoke a language that drove the opportunity for connection. Yeah. And, and again, I was grateful. I mean, I had awesome people who helped me do that. I mean, I remember sitting with a catcher that I was recruiting and, um, or no, I'm sorry, it was a middle infielder that I was recruiting and I was referring to the catcher and I called hit, I called it a glove and he knew I was early in my journey. And he just kind of said, Hey, just so you know, they call them mitts behind the plate. And, and, and so there was guys that did that for me when I was trying to get into the, into the, the vertical of golf and was meeting with my very first tour player that had been referred to us by a baseball guy, you know, and, and, and I remember so distinctly walking a practice round at a tour event after I signed him and, and he looked at me as we were walking the practice round, he goes, Hey, his caddy was doing something. He goes, Hey, Mal, can you grab my L wedge real quick out of my bag? I didn't know what, what, what an L wedge was. Right. And so, um, he kind of laughed and looked at me and, and, uh, you know, kind of help me out. So, um, I, th- 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 those were probably the biggest learning curves for me, but I, I, um, I think when you have authentic relationships, you have the, the, the courage and the space to get poured into in that way that, that how that helps you level up in that space. And I'm grateful that, that I was able to do that. Hmm. What do you think are some of the biggest reasons why someone maybe doesn't embrace wanting to be a lifelong learner? Fear. Fear Mm -hmm. is the, you know, blocker for so many things. Fear of embarrassment, fear of somebody thinking they're not enough, fear of not knowing all the answers, fear of being exposed, fear of vulnerability, um, fear of, of, of looking dumb, fear of all of those kinds of things. And it, it blocks us. It blocks us from what I believe is a path to a better life, a, a path to fulfillment, to joy, to happiness, to connection, which is uh, something we as human beings all crave. So, um, yeah, it breaks my heart when I when I feel like that's a gap for people and anything I can ever do to help close that, I want to do it. Mm. Leaving your comfort zone um, is a pretty prominent piece of advice. I feel that many professionals are told, you know, especially when it comes to their careers and advancing them. So would you give that same advice to someone who wants to be a lifelong learner? They go hand in hand. I mean, they're, they, they're, they're the same in so many ways. I mean, I think if, 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 if you want to be a lifelong learner, um, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna get, uncomfortable, you're going to be vulnerable, you're going to find yourself in these moments where 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 you have to be 
be, be curious in order to grow. So yeah, those two are like peanut butter and jelly girl. Yeah. Yeah. How do you encourage learning in your team? Yeah. You know, um, I, I, uh, well, number one, I think it's important to understand what, what matters to them. What, Mm -hmm. what, what are they wanting to know more about to level up relative to their careers and personally? Um, and so when we as a team gather quarterly to do our, our quarterly goals, we gather annually to do our annual goals. And obviously we we're connected, uh, deeply, um, daily in between that, but, um, we have a section for personal, uh, development. We have a, we have a section for, for sort of people development. So it's something that we work together on when we're connected physically in person to really identify those things. And then we do some things together. So we identify those things as individuals and we share that with each other. And then, um, you know, and then we might read a book in, in a quarter and my team might recommend that. We might listen to a podcast that that we all listen to. And then that's how we kick off our meeting for our next time together, sort of talking about what we took away from that book or that podcast. And, you know, that just continues to, to, to instill that the things that we preach as a company, we do as well. Hmm. When you're starting to, you know, really embrace okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a lifelong learner. I'm going to dive back in. Is it good to leave yourself open maybe to learning possibilities or times that will come to you? Or should you, you know, just like anything else in your day, should you set aside a certain time to learn? Uh, well, I think both. I mean, yeah. I think both. I think you want to do the first for sure. But, you know, the truth is, if we aren't intentional about the way that we spend our energy, we don't look at our energy through the lens of time. I wrote a book called The Energy Clock, which is really um, a methodology in many ways around how to look at our our schedule through the lens of energy. So if a priority for us, which I hope it is for everybody, to learn and grow, then we have to be intentional with the way that we prioritize that in our schedule. Mm-hmm. And so I had Cal Newport on my podcast who wrote a book called Deep Work really smart guy. And it was an awesome conversation. And one of the things he talks about is, you know, time blocking so that you can protect that time to learn and grow. And I think we all have different times of the day that are better for us to do that than others, right? I'm a, I'm a huge morning person. So for me, that that's something that sits inside of the morning. Um, or if I'm inside of a long drive, I'll, I'll protect time for that, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people are night people. That's when they want to maybe consume or, or, or read. Or So I think you have to pick what works best for you and then create a system by which you can be intentional about ensuring it's repeatable so that you can show up in that way consistently. Hmm. Well, as we wrap up, uh, what is one thought or piece of advice that you want our listeners to remember most from everything that we've talked about? Yeah, so kind of to build off what we talked about, learning, curiosity, all that, I would say to remember that curiosity creates chances. Curiosity mm-hmm. creates choices. The curiosity is a, a pathway to fulfillment, to connection, to a life of meaning, in my opinion, because it allows you to, to, to connect deeply with other people and to understand what matters most to them and show up in a way that, that allows you to serve, to lead, to solve, and to connect, which to me is powerful. 
What was your biggest takeaway from Molly's insights over the past two episodes? Let us know by leaving a review on your preferred listening platform or leave a comment when we share this episode on Forward Social Media. For more information about today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org podcast. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N dot org slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave us a review. Your review will help more people discover Work, Love, Pray, so your feedback is greatly appreciated. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.